Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This episode is sponsored by Blue Microphones. Head on to community.hubhopper.com to check out their amazing range of products. The Blue Microphone consists of the Blue Voice technology, which produces clear broadcast quality sound for podcasting and is compatible with both Mac and Windows. The Blue Microphone range is highly recommended for all podcasters. Hello and welcome back to Heart on My Sleeve. This is Mansha Kaur and you're listening to me on Hub Hopper. I feel like I need to start off by qualifying my absence. On the second day of the lockdown, my laptop's charger conked off, leaving me laptopless this past month. Only on Monday did I finally manage to arrange one, and so here we are. I can't tell you how much I've missed recording these episodes and having these sessions with you. Truly hope that you are safe and have been treading on the side of caution. Today's episode is really special because today we have our very first guest on the show. Heads up, the sound quality might not be fantastic uh, because we did this over Zoom versus in person. So excuse that, but we have tried to put together a really holistic episode touching upon the uncomfortable things that are rarely ever spoken about. Things like anxiety, therapy, divorce, friendships with an emphasis on girl friendships, mental wellness, equations with food, among many other things. So I'll start off by introducing my lovely friend and guest, Jia Singh. Jia is a wellness writer and consultant, self-care advocate, and founder of Wandering for Wellness. She loves chai, spending time with her puppy, and dreams of growing old in a tiny house by the sea. Doesn't she sound lovely? Hi, Jia. I'm so, so glad to have you as our first guest. I think this is going to be as interesting and fun an experience for us as it is for you, hopefully. Absolutely. I'm honored. Can't wait to get started. How have you been? How is this quarantine and lockdown? How has it been treating you? What's been up? To be honest, I don't think any two days are the same. So on some days, I feel like I'm getting a fair bit done. And on others, I'm sitting in my pajamas till late afternoon and I'm like not very helpful around the house. And I think um, the most important lesson for me personally has been this whole idea that going by our lives or getting by with so much less than we're used to. And I hope and pray that it continues like post COVID as well. Like once we go out and like once we're able to sort of travel and consume and like, I hope we're all able to be more conscious of that. And so I think that's been a huge thing. And also like boundaries at home, I think I'm still learning that one. (laughs) That's true. Cause like, I think that's been the case for everyone. Like even for me, There are days when I am super productive and super enthusiastic about everything that I'm doing. And then there are days when I'm in the kitchen during a work day baking or stress baking rather because that's the only thing that gets me through the day. I want to start off by you sort of telling us how a normal day in your life generally looks like and how that's changed because of this quarantine, just like a work day. 
Um, okay, sure. So typically speaking, I've been working from home or remotely for the better part of my adult life. So there isn't much difference per se. The only difference is in the fact that I um, used to spend a lot of my time on assignment away from home. So this is the longest period that I've actually been at home in like the last five years or so, which is interesting and it's great. But it's also a little bit difficult because I'm like itching to get out and to be outdoors and I'm sure we all are. I think otherwise, more or less, like I've tried to treat this time period as I've tried to take it a little bit gentler and a little bit easier on myself in the sense that uh, on a normal work day, if we weren't all collectively going through this pandemic, I think I would be a lot harder on myself with the wee deadlines and getting yeah. stuff done. But I think that because this is happening and it's so it's so alien to all of us and nobody I know has experienced something like it before. I think I'm encouraging myself and like the people I speak to every day to sort of just take it a little easy and like it's okay for you to not base your worth on your productivity right now. So I think while working from home is pretty normal for me, there's nothing normal about this. And so, <laughs> and so um, a lot of the time I will also go into the kitchen and bake in the daytime. Sometimes I have like a midnight baking session. There are days when I get almost no work done, honestly, in the day. <laughs> and I end up writing till about one o'clock at night. So I just feel like it, I'm letting it come to me naturally. Thing that I try and do is try and do like one shared activity with my family every day so sometimes it's a game of Scrabble sometimes it's making cocktails sometimes it's making like a healthy dessert and other times it's just watching like a documentary or something funny on Netflix together but like just this one hour every day outside of our meal times where we do something together and it's great if it's immersive but it's also okay if it isn't yeah um yeah, but just like some shared thing, which isn't about chores, it isn't about, it's something that we all get pleasure out of. Yeah, a positive experience that you're having. Absolutely, yeah. Right now, like especially at homes where you don't have help and you're having to manage yeah. things on your own, going through chores together, I think that's getting really repetitive and, and stressful even. I think initially it was, it was really liberating to be able to do those things yourself. But I've definitely yeah. hit a plateau with how good I'm feeling about doing the chores at this stage. So yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Just having a sort of positive, no fuss experience together every day. Yeah, just something that brings you guys together for that one hour that doesn't feel like work or it doesn't feel like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so moving on to the next question that I had for you. Um, Aside from the quarantine, and I, I really don't want to focus on this phase when it comes to this question, just in general, what are the few things that you try to do daily for your mental peace and also few for your physical health? Okay, sure. So I think in my 30s, um, and I only turned 32 years ago, I'll be 32 in September. But in my 30s, I realized that my mental health was more important, if not as important as my physical health. And when you're growing up, it's sort of a component that you tend to neglect or say, you know, I'll get to it later. Or like, there's always time for meditation. I and I know that exists enough. Like you just Absolutely. believe that only when something is wrong, do you need do you to need nurture it absolutely absolutely yeah so it, like for me as well growing up and in boarding school through college and even like up until the point that I got married I always prioritized my physical health like 
how I was feeling, how many workouts I did, how many times I was able to stay active, you know, incidental activity, what I was consuming by way of food, but not so much the kind of friends I had or the kind of relationships I chose to keep or the boundaries I was setting or even just time spent in silence. And I feel like of late, that's become sort of my focus. So I'd say prior to this time, I would definitely, I was definitely trying to prioritize things that would help me mentally more than physically. Um, And it was like this paradigm shift where exercise became not so much about how my clothes fit or how I looked, but how my body felt during and after a workout. So like when I was growing up, it was always about like, if it wasn't hard enough, it didn't feel like a workout. Uh, You know what I mean? And now, like, while I love dancing when no one's watching and I love boxing, I love nothing more than like a really slow restorative yoga session or like a mat pilates session. I feel like it does a lot more for me than I thought I did. Um, But coming back to your question to sort of really quantify it, I think I try and step away from my devices. Right, because all of us try to, but I don't know, obviously we're surrounded by devices from our laptops to our phones to our TVs. It's really hard. So what do you do to actually you know stick to that goal of yours because I think all of us are constantly thinking about doing it and and we talk about it and sometimes we do manage it even but it doesn't yeah 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 no absolutely so I think like it's even more relevant now because um, we're always glued to our phones we're waiting for the next notification we're trying to see you know what's happening in the world vis-a-vis COVID and otherwise and I think that Now more than ever, it's really important for us to put systems in place that will help us reduce our screen time. So whether it's putting the Zen mode on on Android or putting like a timer on on your iPhone, or if you want to maybe even put like this, there are a bunch of free apps on the Play Store and the App Store that's automatically switch you off or like log you out of apps once you've gone over your recommended the time, the stipulated amount of time for that day I'm not so harsh but I try and not I use it at night but I try and not use it for the first hour or so when I'm waking up because I feel like yeah I feel like we ourselves don't realize how much information we're taking in when we sort of go through a newsreel or like a home feed or we scroll and I feel like when you don't allow yourself that and you choose to like I don't know spend time with your dog or your partner or your mom or like look out of a window or just and I'm not even saying it has to be meditation or yoga or something but if you spend it either in silence or with a person or a being as opposed to a device I feel like your day just starts differently yeah Um, yeah, about what's going on you know in your own mind like maybe what you've dreamt about what your worries were the day before versus what everyone else has done since you've been asleep since your feed last night and like I think that's one of the most problematic things for me at least on the days that I do actually get my phone first thing in, in the morning I don't even get to process my own thoughts it's more about yeah. what has everyone else done in this yeah. state where I was asleep like has the world moved on like what's going on right now that's something that I'm actually going to try to follow now that you put it so well. Um, I think, thank you. I think with regards to the physical bit though, I just try, like I said, the focus now is more on how my body feels post, yeah. during and after a workout. So I think 
it's just about moving so it's not so much how much you did and it's also this whole idea of approaching it intuitively and listening to your body so like for a lot of women listening to this and i totally think we should do an instagram live but more <laughs> yeah. on that later <laughs> but i feel like when you're on your period and like i see a whole bunch of people on instagram doing crossfit and hit boxing and yoga and all of this stuff my body can't handle that like when i'm on my period so i just yeah. feel like it's okay to slow down it's okay to skip a workout it's okay to go with what your body is wanting at that time mm-hmm. um but ordinarily whether it's like running with your dog or going for a walk to the park going for a swim doing yoga or even doing one of those like really cool dance sessions on youtube yeah. so i know fitness marshall and a lot of these channels like they have really popular songs like justin bieber cardi b and all of those guys and you can just dance along and it's it's a real calorie torture and it's quite hard <laughs> so um i just feel like it's not so much about how much it's it's more so about just keep moving and move as often as you can and yeah. and yeah just put movement into your days you know doing your own chores running your own errands going to get your own cup of chai instead of asking that's for someone a, that's a big one right because um i think before this phase I'd never really done my own chores ever and I think like especially if you look at our grandparents generation where they might have done at least a little bit more than mm-hmm. we have like or even if you actually look at the, the ones who are living you know abroad who have to do their own chores they yeah. just, they seem more full of life somehow I think like it's the little movements through the day as well that determine your fitness and not just what you do in that one hour and i do feel fitter like ever since the quarantine like weirdly enough even though i haven't stepped out and i'm sure a lot of us feel the same way i feel fitter because i've been managing the house on my own i've been doing yeah. it with my hands so the next question that i had for you is according to you what are the challenges that relationships face in india so i think like for one uh, we worry far too much uh, in every aspect of our lives but in particular with um relationships and stuff about lo kya kahenge so i think we have this thing of what happens if i date and my relationship doesn't go as expected and what if my relationship doesn't culminate in a marriage what will people think of me and very often i find that because of that people my age are unable to or afraid to take the plunge with someone they deeply connect with because they're afraid that what if we just end up having a really great time and what if we're super compatible but what if this relationship doesn't translate to marriage so this is probably like a point for later but i feel that this is one of the biggest things and i also feel that we put way too much pressure on marriage and i have nothing against the institution of marriage per se i i love love uh, i just love love more than i love marriage so just a little bit about me my parents got divorced when i was 17 and i got divorced when i was 25 and not even for one second has that put this idea of not like i'm still open to the idea of getting married again and i'm pretty sure i've fallen in love more than once so i just feel that like love and marriage are two different things and like as indians because of the way that our society runs because of the emphasis we put on marriage i find that if it isn't marriage it isn't anything that's kind of the mindset that a lot of us come with and so i feel like that puts a lot of pressure on both parties when they're starting out and i feel that 
now things are starting to change especially in the metro cities and especially with people our age and especially with people who've been through something like a divorce or a separation or a, or a broken engagement yeah. before i feel like they realize that it's important for us for both parties to take that time to understand where their compatibilities lie and to also understand that not every relationship has to end in marriage i mean imagine how life would have played out for us if we would have all married our first boyfriends right so while i think relationships are changing particularly in metro cities and people are becoming more open about the idea of dating and relationships for the sake of love and companionship and togetherness as opposed to this whole idea of forever and monogamy and marriage i think like that's the shift is happening and i see a lot of couples choosing not to get married altogether and to just live together for a little while to see how it goes before they even broach the subject of marriage and i feel like a lot of parents and families and societies are also opening up and opening their horizons mm-hmm. and their eyes to this fact i know a lot of people that are not okay with it even now but i find that this this shift or this tilt is just making things a little bit easier because i feel like the more pressure we put on something the harder it is for it to blossom or bloom or to even come alive this is a really important topic because i think also on the other side of things people whoever they're with during this magical phase of 23 to 28 they're just supposed to get married to that person whether that person's right for them whether they need more time with that person to figure out that that person is somebody they want to be with in the long term or not or not get married to it's just that okay you're of that age you've been with this person so come on let's get married which is really unfortunate so i understand that you were married and that didn't go the way you'd hope would you like to talk about that Yeah sure so um it's actually really interesting but like some people divide their lives into a time before a significant event happened in their life and a time after and so you know how we're all going to view our lives pre covid and post covid like for me there's been this huge shift pre marriage gia and post divorce gia and okay i'm going to try and say this so that i'm not misunderstood but i feel that when i was growing up and my parents got divorced it broke me and it shook the very foundation of my being i felt like my life had turned upside down and i kept telling myself i was 17 at the time and i would tell myself and my friends and my little sister at the time that whatever happens i don't care if i'm not successful i don't care if i don't make money i don't care if i don't do whatever i just can't afford to get divorced and i got married at 24 and a year and a half later i got divorced and i remember when i reached this point when i was approaching my divorce or when i realized that it was the only way out for the two of us at the time i kept thinking to myself this is the only thing i didn't want this was my biggest and deepest and when people think about their biggest fears this was it for me i didn't want for history to repeat itself twice you know i didn't want to go through it first hand twice and so i just feel like when that happens you kind of hit rock bottom and I had never ever experienced anything like it but I think the divorce wasn't as hard on me as the impressions the stigma the shame and the judgment that society throws at you the minute you become a divorcee or the minute you come out of a marriage so I feel that while I'm really blessed and grateful for the support and love I got from my family and a few of my close friends I found that people who didn't know me or people who didn't know my journey didn't understand why I went ahead with it. 
So it was met with a lot of judgment, with a lot of what did you do wrong, with a lot of um, why couldn't you compromise, you know, why couldn't you come to a, why couldn't you just agree to disagree and live like that? And for me, I knew that I had done everything in my power with my partner at the time to try everything to make it work. And when everything failed, we decided that it was best for us to be apart and that, you know, we were both decent people and we'd find our way. And five years later, he agrees with me. So I think we got something right. But I think that, I think while it was a huge, huge defining factor in my life and it helped me weed out a lot of the relationships, people, and a lot of the things that I no longer had space for that no longer served me anymore, I find that it wasn't so much his family and mine that put pressure on me, but it was more so this whole idea and this overarching worry that we have as Indians of low kya kenge, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think I would have even gotten divorced a little bit earlier if it wasn't for this fear of what will people say? What will she say about me? What will they think? Oh my God, I just got married a year and a half ago. How will I be looked at? How will I be judged, you know? And I find that when you have this conversation with your own parents, sometimes your parents, there are lots of situations where parents unfortunately don't agree. But in my case, my parents did agree with me. Yeah. You know, and I had the full support. And even they told me, what are you worried about other people for? This is your life. It's between you and the boy. It's not it's not about them. But I feel like this 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 thing, this worry, this this desire to please people, even when it wasn't about anyone else but me in the first place, I think that's what came in the way. Yeah. Fasi, thanks for sharing that. It takes a lot of courage to, you know, share all of that on a public platform that too. I think a lot of the listeners will find strength in your story. So I, I, I'm really, really glad that you decided to do this with me. I'm really grateful. Yeah, me too. <laughs> No, I completely agree with you because it's crazy, right? Because eventually you have to sleep next to that person for the rest of your life or not. And and you have to wake up and see that person's face first thing in the morning. And, and you have to go through life's ups and downs with that person by your side. And yet a lot of us continue on just so that other people don't have a perception. So actually we are okay suffering through 90% of the day just so that for that 1% where people have an opinion which they also only do fleetingly so right because everyone's thinking about their own stuff and we keep thinking that people have all of this time just to think about our problems and talk about us but no they're doing the same with their stuff so just for that 1% or that 0.1% like we we don't take plunges where we should, whether it comes to work, whether it comes to relationships, whether it even comes to breaking away from toxic friendships, I think. Like it's always Absolutely. about it's always about that group of people will judge me for stepping away, even though I need to do this for myself, because eventually uh, the time that we spend online or the time that we interact with these people is so fleeting and then the rest of the day and the rest of the week and the rest of the month and the rest of the year that's all you so whether you're having a good time whether you're having an okay time it has nothing to do with other people so I think I'm really glad that you shared this story so keeping that in mind told us about some of the challenges that you faced so how did you heal afterwards and what did it teach you that you brought 
to your subsequent relationship. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, sure, of course. And I think this is like something that deserves an episode of, <laughs> of its own. So a couple of key takeaways. One was for me that it was okay for me to understand that in all states, in all cases, whether I'm 12, 21, 31, 51 or 81, my mental health, my sanity, my health is more important than what anybody else thinks of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that is something that I'm still struggling with and I'm still, I still find challenging from time to time, I think the biggest realization was that I could have chosen to stick around in unhealthy situations or in situations that no longer served me or the person. So this goes not just for my marriage, but also for a relationship or a friendship that just doesn't nourish either side, either party anymore. I think it's all about understanding that the, the most important thing is your sanity, your health, mental, physical, emotional, and otherwise, and the other person's beyond that, like you just have to put blinders on and you just have to be like, I cannot give a shit, you know? I mean, I'm sorry, but it's true. Like Marilyn Monroe had this really powerful quote, I think it's hers, where everyone says that you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world and there'll still be somebody who's going to hate peaches. And I feel like that is so true. I, I feel like you can do right by everyone. You can try and be the do-gooder or the people pleaser. And you can try and not say no. And yet, it's happened to me more than a dozen times. People will still find a reason to pick at you, to pick on you, or to find something that you didn't do. Or the one time that you decide and say, no, I'm drawing my boundary here. I cannot come here. I cannot do this for you. They'll be like, but you did it all this time. So how are you saying no now? So much to this. And I'm so glad you articulated that because I feel that way so many times. Like it's unfortunately, I feel mm. like somewhere like boundaries are pushed further with people who, I mean, not that I'm saying that I'm a really nice person. I hope I am. But uh, I think somewhere okay. I've seen time and again that like if you're a nice person, people will keep pushing for more and more they want more from you they uh, their expectations even when they don't match them themselves like with the same scenario even when they do something that's way off but somehow you're supposed to you know uphold those standards and yeah absolutely absolutely i think another learning for me within this is that um i realized that a lot of the time it wasn't even someone expecting me to do the right thing or to be the nice person but it's it's our inherent desire to be right or to do the right thing that was forcing me to do it a certain way so i feel that while it's important to be kind and nice and all of that it's kindness and niceness is no use if you're being trampled upon because then I don't know you just become like this angry person you do and it does take away from something that comes so naturally to you because you're like okay do nice guys always finish last is that how it works where they've really been pushed so far where they're like but I did nothing wrong yeah I don't understand where is all of this coming from yeah Yeah. so I feel like this whole thing about niceness and kindness what I learned um, particularly more so post my divorce was that there's honestly no point trying to be a nice person if you're like trying to be nice to everyone if it comes with no boundaries because then what's going to end up happening is people will continue to ask of you Uh, the relationship will always feel lopsided 
and let's be honest everyone's human right so if you continue to do something for people because you love them or because you want to be nice or you want to appear nice yeah. then at some point it's going to come and bite you in the bum because <laughs> you're not receiving there's no reciprocity so i feel like it's very important to be kind it's very important to be nice and sure like kindness and niceness are super super underrated but at the same time it has to come with boundaries it has to come with you cannot be there for everyone all the time and you can't try to please everyone all the time and with that part 1 of my conversation with jia comes to an end hope you're finding this as useful important and enjoyable as we did tune into part 2 of this episode that'll be out soon we cover therapy mental health our relationships with food navigating female friendships among many other things in the meantime you can follow and message jia on instagram her handle is @jiasing that's j i a s i n g h you can also reach out to me about the sort of topics you'd like me to cover in the future episodes or you could just check out the vegan and sugar free recipes that i've been ardently trying out during the lockdown my handle is @manchakoranand that's m a n s h a k a u r a n a n d once again really sorry for the patchy sound quality my mic gave me a lot of grief during this interview stay safe and don't forget to click on the bell icon or subscribe button so that you don't miss the next episode see you in part 2 bye इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट